And this is Jesus speaking um, in Matthew 11, um, verse 28 to 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Thanks so much, Becky. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Ed, if we've not met before. Um, to say again, we're so delighted to have uh, guests with us this morning for dedication, and I hope you've, you've enjoyed your whole weekend uh, with us this weekend. Um, we are starting a new series uh, this morning, and it's great to hear those words of Jesus from the message uh, paraphrase version of, uh, of the Bible. Um, and I've got a question for you this morning. Have you ever said something a little bit like this? There just aren't enough hours in the day. If only I had an extra day a week, imagine what I'd be able to do. Uh, who, who's, ever, who's ever kind of said that? Who, who said that this week? Who said that this morning? No, good. Or, you know, how often when, you know, when someone asks you, how are you, and you kind of respond, I'm great, just busy. I'm great, just busy. You will have heard those words come out of my mouth many, many, many times. Um, you know, in our Western society, we live in this kind of fast-paced world where actually communications are instantaneous, where technology means that, that actually we can get more done faster than ever before. Speed and efficiency are high values for us in our world. You know, the other day, around lunchtime, I went online and I ordered a new power breaker for the lawnmower, and it arrived six hours later. Isn't that bonkers? Six hours later. Um, I have a, a single button on my phone where if I press that button, it, 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 if every time I, I sort of take a paracetamol, I press that button and it keeps a little record of what time and date I took that paracetamol. And it sets an, an alarm automatically to say, in four hours' time, you can take another one. You're safe to take another one. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? You know, you can even be ill with speed and efficiency. It is amazing. And you know what? We are also walking faster than we used to, too. Some research a few years ago found that in major cities across the world, compared to 15 years before, people are walking between 10 and 30% faster than they were before, but also are less likely to help other people and are more likely to suffer from kind of heart-related, sorry, stress-related heart conditions. You know, you'd think, wouldn't you, that, that walking faster would have health benefits, but actually it's just simply a sign of increased busyness, an increased pace of life in our world. But here's, here's another question for you this morning. In this fast-paced, in this busy world, in this kind of always open for business world, are we flourishing? Are we flourishing? Are you flourishing in this world. You know, for, for many of us, we might feel like we're kind of juggling far too many balls in the air and, and we're kind of frantically and, and anxiously trying to, trying to keep these balls in the air. I've got scared to death that if we're going to drop one of these balls and everything's going to come crashing down. Do you ever feel like that? It feels a bit like that sometimes, doesn't it, in life? And every one of those things that we're juggling, you know, actually there might be things that really matter. And yet, the question for us is, you know, what effect is all that having on us, on who 
we are. We, we know in our society, don't we, that, that levels of, of burnout and anxiety and all kinds of, sort of mental health issues are on the rise. And I, I don't think there's any doubt that our kind of 21st century way of living, this kind of have-it-all, do-it-all lifestyle that, that people shoot for has something to do with it. And of course, we're all susceptible um, to that. But I think most significantly this, that I think over-busyness can result in a disconnection from God, and it can result in a disconnection from the people around us. Now, author John Mark Comer, he says something very blunt. I'll just give you a bit of a warning. Your hackles might go up slightly as you read this quote, because it's a little bit blunt. He says this, most of us are too busy to follow Jesus. Most of us are too busy to follow Jesus. Ouch, that kind of hurts, doesn't it? I don't know whether you agree with that or not. He goes on to, to quote a friend who says, people are just too busy to live emotionally healthy and spiritually rich and vibrant lives. And then Ronald Rollheiser continues like this. He says, and so we end up as good people, but as people who are not very deep. Not bad, just busy. Not immoral, just distracted. Not lacking in soul, just preoccupied. Not disdaining depth, just never doing the things that get us there. Now, um, this might sound like a really pessimistic start to a talk um, this morning. I'm sorry about that. But there is some good news. There is some good news that there is a different way. There is a different way. It doesn't have to be like this. And, and as always, and I hope this message comes across always at Highgrove, actually, the key, the key to flourishing in life is found in the example and in the teaching of Jesus Christ. It's found in his invitation to follow him and to, to learn from his way of living. So the claim of our, our series, Slow Down, is this, that, that slowing down is a, a key to being emotionally healthy. It's a key to being spiritually alive to God and alive to those around us. And over these next four weeks, um, we're going to be talking about four practices, four habits, that four ways that we can kind of do life differently that will help us to slow down. Uh, they're not extra things for your to-do list. You'll be really, really glad to hear. Um, they, they don't deny the responsibilities that you already have on in your life. But actually, they, they, they give us a Jesus approach to living our life uh, a bit differently. Uh, and these four practices are unpacked um, in an excellent book I'd just like to recommend to you called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I find this book really helpful myself, and I know uh, others have too, by John Mark Comer. You know, these practices, they're, they're nothing new. Actually, they are, they're rooted in, in the Bible. They're, they're rooted in the life of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus. They're rooted in, in the, the practices of the people of God all the way throughout history. And um, I just, you know, you might want to just get a copy and read along in our, our series. You buy one online or you can't borrow this because I think Deborah needs it but um, but uh, you know we, we're going to be basing our series in, in 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 those practices and our first practice is this silence and solitude silence We're going to kick off in the very first chapter of Mark's Gospel. Now, reading Mark's Gospel is a little bit like getting caught up in a whirlwind. You know, there's so much going on. It just kind of comes uh, so thick and fast. You know, Mark's favourite word is immediately. 
There's always there's so much going on. And actually, no, no more so than in, in chapter one, where we're going to dive in. You could subtitle this section of scripture, Jesus has a full-on day. Jesus has a full-on day. And uh, we're just going to read it together. So they went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. And the impure impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who were ill and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. A big day. A big day. Lots going on. Teaching in the synagogue in the morning, then going on to heal Simon Peter's mother-in-law in in the afternoon, and and then kind of after sunset, you know, just after the end of the working day, as far as I'm concerned, all these people crowding at the door, knocking on the door, and Jesus healing lots of people and delivering demons from many others. You know, he must have been shattered. He must have been shattered. You know, when I have a big day, what I most want is a lie-in. But actually what we read next about Jesus is this very early in the morning. While it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left his house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And we see this pattern all the way through the Gospels. You know, actually a little bit later on in Mark chapter 6, we read this, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Who's ever had a day like that? You know, you're just kind of so manic and it's like you forget to eat lunch. Do you know what I mean? Because you're just kind of so much going on. Uh, Know what that's like. And he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And then in Luke's gospel, we see again another example. The news about him, the news about Jesus spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And there are just so many times through the gospels we read this exactly the same thing. And there's this word that that comes up again and again. It's this kind of Greek word that's that's eremos. And it really, it's kind of, it means the, a solitary place, a deserted place, like a quiet place. Actually, it's the same word that is used by uh, Jesus going into the wilderness for, for, for 40 days. But what we see for Jesus is this repeated pattern of, of, of going into this kind of solitary, lonely place uh, all throughout the Gospels. It was part of his life rhythms. Now, he, um, he might not have received 60 emails a day. He might not have had something beeping in his left pocket constantly throughout the day, but Jesus had lots of demands on his time. He had lots of things, lots of people calling for um, his attention. All of it seemed really urgent and important, but for Jesus, in the midst of all these demands, 
an essential part of his life rhythm was, was finding that eremos, that, uh, that, uh, that quiet, deserted place, time away from the hustle and the bustle. And, and for you, you might be in a time of your life that's a bit full on right now. I'm just, it's just about recent enough for us to remember what having young children was like. Oh my goodness me. It's hard work, isn't it? It's full on. Uh, you might have a job at the moment where actually there's lots of pressure right now. There's deadlines. There's staffing shortages. Maybe you've just had a, a difficult performance review and the pressure's on. It might be that you are caring for a family member or a friend and it, it feels like you've got to be on call 24-7. Life can be a bit like that sometimes, can't we? It can be full on. It might be that's not where you're at right now, but, but we recognise those times in our lives. And it seemed for Jesus that this place of quiet was a source of strength and it was a source of renewal and each time he kind of came out of it with this fresh sense of oh I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I I know how I should be spending my time and so for Jesus silence and solitude was a key practice it's what he needed and you know Jesus was the most balanced perfect and whole person ever to walk the earth Uh, and he needed to spend time in silence and solitude. How much more do we need to? But what does this mean in practice? And I'm just not going to overcomplicate this. What's, what's silence? Silence is not, no noise. Solitude is being alone with ourselves and with God. And so another question for you. How often do you practice silence and solitude? How often are you quiet? I would like to, this morning, introduce you to some very, very dear friends of mine. These are my headphones. And um, I I listen to lots and lots of podcasts, loads of podcasts. And and actually, these Bluetooth headphones, you know, they're they're my constant companions. They go with me wherever I go. Now, in a world of of AirPods Pro and spatial audio and all that stuff, these are not really top of the pile. You know, they're kind of $15.99 from Amazon, you know. But, But I love these because they've got this incredible feature, this incredible feature. And it's this, it's this cable that joins the two headphones together. And do you know what that means? I can just have them around my neck constantly. And so what, what, that, what that means for me is that, that actually, I, I, if with those around my neck, I've got at a moment's notice, all those little gaps in my life, I can just do this and press play. And whether it's kind of unpacking the dishwasher, whether it's kind of um, walking to the bathroom, whether it's on my way to a, a meeting, I can just stick them on, in my ears and make the most of all that, those little moments of time. How convenient and how efficient that is. It's fantastic, isn't it? I can just constantly be entertained and I can learn tons of stuff all the time in every little moment. But you know what? That's a noisy way to live your life. It's a noisy way to live your life. All those little opportunities to be quiet all those little opportunities to actually think my own thoughts rather than listen to somebody else's. And I know for me that's something I need to be really careful of in my life. I've conducted a little experiment this week. My experiment all through this week, and it's, it, preaching focuses the mind. Um, I, this little experiment where, where actually I thought, I'm not going to listen to any podcasts all week. And actually, I, I'm here to report I survived. I survived. <laughs> I'm here. And, you know, actually, to be honest, in the midst of a week where I've had loads and loads on, I've definitely thought more deeply. I've definitely been more aware of God. I've definitely prayed more than I would in a normal week. 
Now, for you, it might be, you know, always sticking the radio on when you're, you're in the car. It might be kind of always just automatically turning the TV on when you walk into the living room. Um, you know, for many of us, even if we don't relate to anything like that, actually, we relate to something we call, of course, digital distraction. Digital distraction. You know, our internet-connected internet phones in our left pocket, you know, the world is our oyster. We can kind of do anything we want, anytime we want to. We never need be unoccupied. You know, we never need any more, do we, to be stuck in that really awkward situation, or what am I going to do? Oh, am I a bit bored? Um, what was boredom? You know, boredom is, is, is kind of feels like something from years and years ago. We can check the news. We can catch up on Instagram. You know, we can tick things off our to-do list. We can look at our diaries. We can read and reply to, to email. We can order a new power breaker for mowing the lawn. All kinds of things. But the thing is, these are noisy activities too. They're noisy to um, ourselves. And one of the things that we just need to remember in life, that most of the time, alone with my phone is very different from being alone with God. It's very different from silence and solitude. And of course, we know it's true of any relationship. It's wonderful to celebrate this week, Caleb and Amy's 10th running anniversary. Where did 10 years go? Crazy. Um, but you know what? If, if Caleb and Amy never spent any time alone, never had a chance for a private chat together, I'm not sure they would have made it this far. Is that fair to say? Maybe. And the same is true. You know, if we want a thriving relationship with God where we experience his presence and his peace with us through our lives, it comes from regularly taking a chance to be silent and to be alone in solitude with him, escaping from the, the noise and the distractions around us. And so for us, what might we do to do a bit more of that in our lives? What is it we could do to do more of that? You know, for me... What that looks like in my life, actually, it's really low-key, and it's really nothing fancy at all. You know, when I get up in the morning, I go downstairs, and I, I sit in a, the same comfy chair every day, and I just sit there for a moment. I look out the window. If I'm having a particularly kind of tiring week, then I'll groan a bit and sigh a bit. I don't really notice. Sighing and groaning are great prayers in the, the Bible. You see a lot. Jesus does a lot of sighing. Uh, it's brilliant. They're great prayers. I do that. I'll read a little bit from my Bible. I'll write down some, just some thoughts and reflections on how I'm feeling and some thoughts and reflections about God. I'll spend a bit of time praying for people and for the day ahead of me. And, and all this I'm doing with my phone in the other room where it's been charging overnight. You know, just to, to say, oh, I'm not going to let the distraction and the noise of that start my day. Now, let me be really honest. That, you know, actually, really, it's nothing radical. It's nothing revolutionary. I really don't have 15 biblical insights and prophetic words before breakfast. It just doesn't work like that. And actually, to be really honest, sometimes it's just a complete mess. I'm just kind of getting distracted and worried by the things that are happening in the day. And sometimes it's a bit like that. Sometimes it feels like a bit of a disaster. This is not silence and solitude. But it doesn't matter because there's something in the habit of showing up in the quiet place. Something about the habit of showing up um, regularly in that quiet place. It's the routine of seeking to be present to God and actually present to myself as well. A chance to be alone with my own thoughts. And so if you don't already, I just wonder whether it's something 
you might like to consider doing. Even if it was just 10 or 15 minutes a day, something really kind of simple, taking time to be present to God, taking time in silence and solitude, away from distractions, away from the usual things that you would have with you or on you during your day. It's a practice that helps us to slow down. Now, if you've got young kids, it can be a real challenge. It can be a real challenge. You know, when our boys were young, and I need to be really careful because they're in control of the microphone and the cameras. Um, when they were young, Deborah used to have this little nook in the living room um, where she used to kind of escape to for quiet time and a, a time to pray and a time to just kind of breathe in and out slowly for a few minutes. Um, it was behind the sofa. Um, actually, it wasn't hide and seek. It was just hide. Do you know what I mean? It was that kind of... And, you know, actually for her, it was this kind of, this, this place of solitude, this place of silence. It was a lifeline to um, her in those kind of crazy days. It's not always easy to make time alone uh, with God. We saw from our, our readings in Mark and in Luke that actually it wasn't easy for Jesus. He, he had every reason to hustle. He had every reason to kind of be on the go 24-7. Everybody demanding something of him. Everybody wanting something from him. So he, he just had this, you know, he could have just run himself into the ground sort of meeting every obligation and cry to help. But instead we read this. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed and if you're wondering how on earth you could fit that into your life let me put it this way do you spend 15 minutes doing anything in your day that's less important than that so my phone tells me that yesterday I spent 20 minutes on the BBC website I think I have time in my life I think I do have time. I feel quite busy, but I do have time. I've got choices that I can make. If I'm honest about what my priorities really are, then I do have time to be alone with God. So how can we slow down? Um, practice number one. Let's be people who embrace silence and solitude in a noisy, distracting and a busy world. And I hope that you'll stick with us through the rest of uh, this series. You know, we uh, next week, we're going to be looking at a practice that is going very much going out of fashion in our world today. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're going to have to come next week.